When you're drinking a frozen beverage from McDonald's, your brain may not like how refreshingly cold it is, but the rest of your body, oh yes, it's gonna relish every moment of it because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Get all the chill you need for just $1.69 from any size frozen drink like a frozen Fanta Blue Raspberry to a new ice cold lemonade. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. You see it every day. The first dollar you earn from your first customer. Now it hangs on your wall at headquarters. A reminder of where you started and the promise of what's still to come. In part because you rely on Sandy Spring Bank to help you make the right choices on real estate and equipment loans, treasury management, and commercial services. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your business. Visit sandyspringbank.com business. Credit products offered by Sandy Spring Bank. <laughs> it would be a wolf, but I... Hello and welcome to today's episode of Wolves Fancast, part of the 90 Min Football Network. Uh, joining me this evening to talk about the win against Palace and also the upcoming game against Brighton. I've got Tom and Josh with me. Boys, we've, I was going to say, we've all but secured Premier League football for next season. Beautiful. Thank God for that. Thank God. Life is good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> feels too simple for Wolves. Like, it feels like we should have had to go to Arsenal last game of the season to try and win. But, like, to be comfortable with, like, five games to go, it's like, this just isn't Wolves. Yeah. I was going to say, like, I about six weeks ago, I tweeted saying that, oh, we needed about 10 points out of the next sort of five games or whatever it was, and we'd be clear. And we've hit that 10-point mark now. And we'll talk a little bit in terms of upcoming games, but... It's, it's going to be really fascinating how they approach these next few games because you look at the record that we have under Lopetegui. Um, I read a stat earlier today that if we'd have had zero points when Lopetegui um, joined, we'd have only been two points off safety. Now, that <laughs> might have sort of slightly changed with the, uh, the Forest game at the moment going on, but it just kind of goes to show, I, I mean, how low we were and how uh, much much we've improved. Uh, but before we talk about the game yesterday, a couple of bits of housekeeping as always. So again, um, you're hopefully not sick to death of me mentioning it, but we have got our charity game coming up at the start of June um, against some other fantastic uh, content creators um, from across the country, um, including a Brighton fan as well. Um, so hopefully we'll uh, touch base with them after the game as well, um, as well as I think we've got Anfield Rap as well. Um, quite a few from all over the place as well, but it should be a really great game. Um, of course, as mentioned, it's for charity. We are raising funds for the mental health charity Mind. The link is in the description if you're watching it live on YouTube as well. Uh, so feel free to donate if you can do, of course. Now, 
the other thing that came out of the show uh, we did um, on Sunday um, was we talked a lot about Wolfie. And uh, I know, but you know what? We had people coming out in swarms to give their opinions. Um, I did a poll on Instagram. Now, I'm firmly in the husband and wife camp. So <laughs> fantastic. Now, Tom, how about you? Are you husband and wife or brother and sister? No, I'm I'm old school, so I'm husband and wife. I always remember it being husband and wife. See, I feel like we see I I'm grateful for that because I feel like there's almost gonna be like an age line of where you have it. So I did a poll on Instagram and it kind of shocked me to be honest, because it was saying that fifty one percent said brother and sister. I mean Part of me was a bit annoyed it wasn't forty eight fifty two, so I could have made a Brexit joke. But you know, we'll we'll, we'll move we'll move past that. Now we did have a uh, listener uh, contact us via Instagram, uh, Jim Taylor. I want to say off the top of my head, and he said he's found a he found a program he was flicking through the other day. Anyway, and just a coincidence, it was from the ninety four ninety five season, and in there it mentions. Wolfie having a girlfriend called Wilma Wolf, and it, it's got a it's fame which done by a young fan and whatever. But there's just so much backstory to this all now, and I, I'm I'm just I'm beyond fascinated. More, I'm dedicating more time to Wolfie's <laughs> biography than I frankly should at this point. Who's the point of contact the club? Sides. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what we need to do. It's like, Always it, it's, it's, yeah, it's not like you can contact, you know, Jeff Shee, Jack Haywood or anyone like that. Who do you contact? You know, exactly. it's, maybe it's a problem we've got to solve for ourselves. I feel like it is. And I, I'm, I'm in an about where if we just do like an unofficial biography and see if like through like fan <laughs> pressure, we can create that into like common law, like how I guess like in... Star Wars or whatever, where like you have all this fan fiction, or whatever, and sooner or later, it then yeah. you know just creeps into the official uh, canon of it. I know it might it might be up to us at this point because I don't know. Do you see Jeff answering got an ask balls? I mean, no. I, I, we, we both know <laughs> we all know I'm going to put the question to him when you know they sort of do their bit, and you know Johnny Phillips is going to see it and sigh, you know, thinking how many years of journalism training he's had how many expert years he's had at sky you know being genuine one of the top um broadcasters in that remit to ask a question about the uh the walls math doctor. <laughs> we'll see we'll see we'll see how it goes um but yeah we're still on a mystery here guys is, is all i'm saying what isn't a mystery is how well walls have been doing recently because yes we had a blip the other day but we're three wins out of four at home, and six wins out of eight over um, at, at home. I think it's overall as well. So life's pretty good, and a response was needed after Leicester because we did drop off after conceding mm. a penalty, and I think we very much got one yesterday. I think that the lineup, I think, kind of in was indicative of that in terms of needing a bit of change and a bit of. Uh, freshening up, Josh. What were your sort of thoughts when you kind of first saw the lineup? I quite liked it. I thought obviously everyone was a bit disappointed Gomez wasn't playing, but I really liked him bringing in Bueno because I think he's a great fullback. I think he's as much as like Totti's been brilliant. I think 
Bueno is just such an excellent attacking fullback. He, he's got such a big future in the game. So I really like that. And I can understand Juan coming in. Um, maybe the thought of Juan coming for Costa, but there was no gropes with that. You know, I could understand why he didn't play Srabia again. Yeah, I think um, it, it's felt like Bueno's had to be really patient since that injury. Hmm. He's got, and part, part of it's because of the, the form of Toti Gomez and kind of not deserving to be dropped. Um, and I think Lopetegui's been pretty solid in terms of playing people who have, haven't let him down and yeah, not trying to change it too much. Um, I think I think he really likes Bueno. I think yeah, you know, I think he's got a big future as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He he's everything that Eight Nori should should be or should have been. Yeah, he, mm. he's he's got he's got a brilliant with the ball at his feet. His touch is excellent. He's great at beating a man. Puts a great cross in. Um, you know, he looks a real find and just again yeah. out of nowhere. I think it, really, it goes overlooked how good he is defensively. Like yesterday, yeah. Elise didn't get a kick until Totti come on. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think like a couple of times at the back post yesterday, I think there's one in the first half. He did it about three, four times. It's like he's defense. I think full backs, it's like the defensive side gets lost a little bit. Whereas I think with, with Breno, he's just so good at it. Like you just automatically expect him to do well. Yeah, he's so solid and dependable, but dynamic as well. Yeah, and it, it's it, it, Tom, you're completely right. Like you know, we're singing ain't noise praises. 12 months ago and we're really kind of expecting him to properly push on and all right this season's been a bit of a dud for a lot of players don't get me wrong but you know you've got an argument to say he's currently third choice left back Fuck yeah of yeah. a, a, a very least let's be honest you know he's he's not got a sniff at the moment of getting in this in this lineup and you know it, even when johnny's back from suspension genuinely where, where do you rank eight nori and it's not like Aiton always been, you know, god awful this season or anything, but it just it it just does not feel like him and the manager are clicking. And I think it's going to be he might be one of those where we can't when we come through even the pre season where we're off season and talking about who we think might go, you get the impression it's he's, going to be him. Yeah, uh, you he's know, on the it, list, isn't it? Exactly. Um, Lopetegui, I think, purely based on like how he's very obviously a very functional manager and all about system and how how he wants the game to be played, how he wants players to play and what he wants them to do, where he wants them to be, very systematic. And if you look at the players, um, you know, such as Eight Nori, Pedence, when he he just binned him from the team for a period of time, they're like those type of maverick players. Uh, even Adama, he, he started Adama quite a lot to start with, and, and we haven't really seen much of him really now because you can't trust him to probably carry out the follow the instructions how he wants it. And that's why I think he likes Huang. That's why I think a lot of managers like Huang because he does, he just is functional. He, he does, yeah. he does what he's told, and I think you'll see a lot of those types of players binned off in the summer, and he'll and he'll do people who, who follow his instructions to the T. Hmm. I think that's kind of one of the reasons why. He brought in like the likes of Sarabu as well. You say having that very function, I was gonna say functionality within their game to follow up with him. I was quite happy to see Quank start as well because he seems to be on a bit of a redemption arc. Um, you know, because I mean, Tom, Tom uh, me and you slated him a lot last season. Um, and and at the start, we were wrong season, though. Come on, we were, no, we, 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 we slated him for 
pretty much the entirety of 2022. But he slowly but surely, I mean, I, I, well, let's talk about um, the game yesterday because it started kind of as we wanted it to go on, but we got a goal so early. Yeah. yeah. Um, kind of out of nothing, um, to be honest. But one thing that made me it was a dangerous set piece. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like you get so used to um you know the Matinho ones where either a bit floated or they don't beat the first man. And this one was kind of just everything you want from a corner in terms of making the defenders question what they're trying to do. And obviously, you know, decent centre half, don't get me wrong, but go goes in the back of his own net. I don't want to take nothing away from it. It feels very hit and help though when you watch it because like where it bent, ends up, it's like at the shins on a six-yard box. It's like no self-respecting team should be letting that go in really. Like it was such like, I think it was just, oh, I'm going to put it in the mixer and hope it happens. And for once it actually did. <laughs> got to take him. I think yeah, it, was, yeah, it, was, it was for Kuna at the near post, wasn't it? I think. Mm. I think that it was one of those ones. But um, yeah, I mean, Clearly, Nevers is obviously our better set piece taker, but they obviously haven't wanted him taking corners because they want him, you know, 20 yards box, from goal, yeah. which is, yeah, understandable. But, you know, if the corners are as shite as they have been, that's, you know, why not <laughs> just let Nevers take them there? I do find it, I do find it genuinely bonkers within that team of very technically gifted players. There's not a huge amount of quality set piece delivery. I mean, I, if it wasn't the fact he, he played left back and he is a, not even a wing back, so to speak. But I'm sure Bueno's probably got a decent whip on him. Definitely. Corner. Mm. Yeah, um, you think so. Yeah. And it, like set pieces have been a real sticking point for Wolves this season in terms of how truly unproductive we are from them. And hey, you know what? It was as scrappy as it comes. Um, but you gotta take it. Haven't <laughs> you? And uh, but I, I I fought for that opening you know 20 minutes or so i thought we were just solid across all facets of the pitch you had costa linking up well with likes of frank Kuna. the midfield were working their socks off in the middle of the park uh and the defense you know craig dawson i love the man yeah he's brilliant but just honestly i thought he was gonna make jordan a you cry at one point he's having a proper tantrum wasn't he yeah, <laughs> it was a <laughs> pound in the floor, like a little two year old. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it just embarrassing. But even when Dawson fucked up and he went, he went, he tried, he tried to turn, I think, on the edge of yeah. uh, you know, the well, on halfway, and he nearly got caught out. He still somehow won a free kick from it. I don't, it, it was a free <laughs> kick, but I don't know how he did it. But even when he cocks up, he does something good. I was gonna say, when I got when I watched that in real time, I thought, oh, hang on, what's up? What's up? I'm almost I'm used to seeing a centre half, you know, do a two yard touch or whatever. But when you watch it back, he almost makes the defender the uh, the Paris player sorry commit the foul by wrapping his arm around the around yeah. point and just I, I need to fall over now. And it, it was <laughs> it was very canny and I, I think Collins has got a big future. But I think if Collins had had that first touch, he'd have got a yellow card two seconds later. 
Yeah. I think Dawson's just come in like perfect timing, wasn't it? It's like mm. it just suited everyone. It's just been like it's just almost like a revelation, almost like the two million quid we spent. It's just so nice to just watch it with all. So it felt like we went through so many seasons of just every sign we made was a dud. Like there was all crap. Mm. And like now it's like at the minute they can't even get in the start level. Like Gomez plays well and can't even get in the first team. It's just nice to have that change. Yeah, I think definitely. I think they overlooked how much better Kilmer's been since Dawson's next to him definitely. as well. So yeah, it's yeah. just like he's raised his game, you know, tenfold really from where it was with Collins, and that's not it's not a coincidence. No, no, you could probably argue the same about Smado as well in terms of yeah. having someone just who can see through his game a little bit more. And you know, I was going to say uh, to quote Jake Humphreys, he just does the absolute world class basics. Um, it just I think there was a foul he committed on. Um, it would have been Ayu because then to had like a battle all game. But it, it was one of the first time. I think he's already floored him once and didn't get the decision. And then it was like a, like, must have been like a goal kick or a clearance of a pitch. And Dawson just steamrolled through him and he just absolutely pummeled him to the ground. It was given as a free kick and it was fair. Don't, don't get me wrong. But. You just don't see that as often anymore. And it, it, it it's just something so refreshing about a defender who just wants to defend. And he's good yeah. on the ball as well. He, he always has been, even when he was with the, the Boggies. But he's just so simple in what he does in this game. Like every, team, every team needs it. Every team needs a yeah. player like that. Like Josh looked perfectly. He's just absolutely what we needed at the time, 100%. You know? Um, just he's, just he's to interrupt. Talking of baggies, they're losing one nil. Oh, good. Warms your soul, doesn't it? Absolutely <laughs> warms your soul. Um, I was going to say we, there are a couple of games going on at the moment, which we have got half nine. Of course, Forest are playing tonight. West Ham playing tonight. Um, West Ham are currently losing to one nil. By the way. Um, after their VR goal got disallowed, and Forest unfortunately winning 1 0 against our opponents at the weekend, Brighton. Um, but yeah, I, I just thought we were really solid in that first half. And when I watched it back and listened to the commentary, it was very biased about you know, oh, Palace need to do this, this, and this. I got a bit frustrated. Because you know, we're not talking about wolves, but then I can't realize well, it's because we're really restricting them. You know, we're saying, Oh, they, you know, Palace need to get their wingers involved more, but we shut their wingers yeah. down, and like all these little things. We just any of the strong points around Palace, we seem to do a really good job, you know, not just that back line, but in midfield as well, really nullifying. That that two player all game. They just had two players. You take those two players out of the game, they've got they absolutely nothing. And they were and they're very, very good players, SA and Alicia, and they were causing us real problem. We'll go on to the second half, but at some point. But um mm. if we took them out of the game, we were always they they didn't have anything, did they? At all. No. Um, I think SA is probably too good for Palace. Like the he, he was brilliant. You know what I'm looking He was absolutely brilliant. And when he, he moved into the centre, I shot move. myself when he moved into the centre because yeah. they moved him, didn't yeah. they, from, you know, from, from out wide into centre? And I thought, shit, he's he, going to have a field day. He's a, he's a great little player, isn't he? You watch him, you just think, 
a lot of teams could do with something like that. So a bit of dynamism in midfield, go take the ball on. You know, I was quite impressed with Eze. Yeah. I mean, we'd, we'd, uh, I'd love him at Wolves, but we'd full on ruin him. Oh, 100%. It's, it's the easiest way I could describe him. Because he, he, oh, he reminds me of Sacco in, in that way, he kind of just beats a man and has that pure, genuine power when he unleashes a shot. And I think that was, it must have been one of the first half when he danced inside and then sort of shot one straight down the bowel of Saar. And yeah. I thought, well, what? You know, if he, if he actually gets it, Anywhere near the corner, no stopping that. Um, but yeah, that for the first sort of say half an hour, I barely got a sniff, and I think it kind of helps that obviously we're a bit more compact in the midfield. So actually, when you, you've got those players who are coming inside, and Elise is very one footed, Eze likes to come inside onto his right as well as best he can do, it kind of plays into our strengths a bit. Um, it did, yeah. Coming inside, it funneled it like into the mm. midfield, didn't it for us? Yeah, I think I can't. I guess sums up Palace in a way that because they they can be so so functional with that. I, you know, yeah, they don't have Zahar as well um, at the moment because they're injured. But without, I guess that third player to really make any of them plays shift beyond, you know, five ten yards inside the wings, it really helped us. Um, but going into the second half, I'll be honest with you, I did not enjoy that second half. It, <laughs> it was scrappy as fudge. I'll go for. I don't know why I did. I, I swear all the time on here. I don't know why I decided <laughs> not to then. But no, it, 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 it wasn't a tremendous game of football. And I don't think, I think Wolves tried to really reduce that game to, to, to yeah. nothing as best as possible. They tried everything, didn't they? But the thing is, Palace didn't exactly create loads of chances, did they? It was they just give Palace the I think the idea was don't let Palace counter-attack it. It's a bit like you know when we first come up, we'd be crap with the ball. But if mm. we came to attack, we were brilliant. It was like just give Palace the ball and they're not gonna score. As strange as that sounds. They're not gonna break us down, they're only gonna score if we met the mistake. Yeah, I, I get that. And I think um when you look at kind of the, the XG stats from the game and you know Wolves won the XG battle, as it were, what 1.57 to 0.68. And obviously, the, for those who are looking, who are watching on YouTube, um, you'll see that the, the, the massive amount came from the penalty. But when you look at a lot of um, palaces, a, a lot of them were pot shots, a lot of them were from quite far out. And, I've, you know, Sars an interesting player to talk about yesterday because. I think he had a really solid game apart from when he sort of threw the ball behind himself at one point. <laughs> yeah, his distribution wasn't great. But yeah, it was, yeah, it was nice yeah. for him to have a good game because, well, let's face it, he, he cost us the game on Saturday. Um, mm. But the, he made two really important saves. I, I, don't, I think that's, they're, they're good saves. I think you're disappointed if, you know, your keeper lets him in. But I think they, they, was, they were very important, very important saves. Well, one that pissed me off about the Eze one because he had two, didn't he, really quickly? Mm. So he's, do, he's done mm. it once where it's come out to him on the edge of the box nearly scored and then we haven't stuck a man on him and he's done exactly the same thing again. Same, that, yeah. That, that really wound me up. Obviously, they've got a structure that they work on in the, you know, leading up to the game where they've got to be in certain spaces and corners, but a bit of in-game management there would just stick someone on him on the edge of the box and do exactly the same again. Um, but yeah, you're right. I'll cut, those are the only two. He had that bit saving the first half. Um, which I thought was offside, but I don't, I 
I don't know if that was ever confirmed. And then, yeah, the one he tipped over in a second. But yeah, other than that, I can't remember him creating too much. No, as I say, it felt like we just we sat just very deep and just made sure they, I guess, didn't really overload our box particularly. Or I know even have lots of territory in our in, in that final third for them as well. I think a lot of that comes down to the midfield for me as well. Because um, I do think, ne- again, we you know, saw had a bit of a point to prove. And you're right, Tom, Like his saves weren't spectacular, but they were solid. Um, and I think after the weekend, he needed that. Like, it wasn't about, you know, it, it being for the cameras or anything. It was just making sure he managed to get through that game with no errors. Game, yeah. Yeah, um, no. and it was. I think did that concern me about the second half? There was no counter-attacking threat there. Was the like we didn't look once dangerous, and it was kind of concerned because mm. like you've got to give yourselves an eight ball, haven't you? At that level, because teams are going to pin you back, and you're not going to be able to not give them chances. You know, you've got to start to offer some on the counter. A bit like we did at Chelsea and things like that. It's give them something to think about, but we just kept dropping deeper and deeper and deeper. It felt like. This is going to be so balls. We'll concede later on and we'll, we'll blow our best chance of staying up sort of thing, you know, like getting solid points on the board. Do you think a lot of that comes down to the fact that we're still figuring out that forward line? Because, you know, Diego Costa's, again, his form his form's incre- has definitely gone up. He looks a lot fitter, a lot leaner. He look, again, he still did some really solid things, um, Yesterday for me as well in terms of his hold up play, his link play. One thing I've noticed about Diego Costa and I really love is when he let's say goes up for a header and he falls to the ground, or if he gets tackled or you know just gets knocked over, his instinctual reaction is to lift his legs up. <laughs> so like if there is a player anywhere near him, he will just clear them out with his legs. And he did it two like two or three times yesterday. Usually when there wasn't a player near, like. One was a player near the other two they weren't. And I know I find it a fascinating instinctual reaction just to take, you know, if there's anyone near me, I'm taking them down with me. But back to my, my original point, you know, you can't necessarily rely on him to, you know, be that totem pole for 90 minutes. And you need other players around him as well because it's all well and good lumping it up to him, but you need to have people in and around him, uh, you know, around him as well. And it still feels like, yeah, Kuhn has been doing really well for me. Huang will give you that energy. But, um, yeah. I don't just... think you'll level it sort of really the foot forward players for me. I, I don't know. I think it, they panicked. They didn't get the foot on the ball and knock it around. There was, there was, mm. oh, I lost count of how many times they just smack it up. I think they got really jittery and panicky, which was a bit, um, bit of a shame. Um, so I think it's almost like they weren't driving from. It started at the back, basically. I think you could you can you can lever it at, at each position. I, I think it'd be harsh. Yeah, to like I mean, that's a fair comment. That. I think it's like yeah. a cohesion as well, not playing time. Like you know, I think when when you've played together like three or four. When you're drinking a frozen beverage from McDonald's, your brain may not like how refreshingly cold it is, but the rest of your body, oh yes, it's gonna relish every moment of it because there are drinks then there are drinks from mcdonald's 
Get all the chill you need for just $1.69. From any size frozen drink, like a frozen Fanta Blue Raspberry, to a new ice-cold lemonade. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Whatever you're saving up for, A CD from Sandy Spring Bank lets you grow your savings at a guaranteed rate. Right now, earn interest at 5.00% APY on an 8-month CD special or 4.25% APY on a 14-month CD special. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com slash cdspecials. Minimum opening deposit to earn the annual percentage yield is $500 for the 8-month CD special and $2,500 for the 14-month CD special. Member FDIC. Well, seasons like... Dropping like a dorm in Imanis. Did it tease you to know what each of us going to do? Whereas these boys are, you know, they're still, fig- like you say, we're changing the forward line every game and stuff like that. So it's probably hard to build these little bonds and things like that on the pitch that are going to enable you to do these things. Yeah. yeah. No, definitely. Um, ho- hopefully, over the summer, we can make those changes. How did you guys think Nevis got on yesterday? Because obviously it felt like he had a big, it, I guess he had a bit of a point to prove. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I thought he was, I thought he was fine. I thought it was typical Nevers, to be honest. It's not, it's not, it's, it's, it's everyone's really hung up on this at the moment, and, and you know people are sort of shoot, <laughs> Stu's getting it from all angles on Twitter. No, no one's saying he's not a, a brilliant player. No, he's he's our best player. I don't think anyone disputes the fact that he's our best player. It's just. The way he plays, you know, it, it changes how we play. And are we better playing a different way? I don't know. I thought he was fine. I don't think he, you know, I thought he was, he was running around. He, you know, he, he was still, you know, doing the pressing and chasing and things like that. Um, he's not the same player as, as the others. Um, he wasn't quite taking it off the defenders' toes quite as much. I didn't think this this no, he um, wasn't. this game. He was a little bit further forward, wasn't he? So that that was a bonus. Oh. I think it's typical Twitter. It's like there's two extremes and the truth is somewhere mm. in the middle. Like I think this idea that Neves, we're better without Neves is, it, you know, it's like football is horses for course. Each game is different. You don't play the same game twice. You know, some games, next season, when he, you know, if he leaves, we'll go, that game, oh, if we'd had Neves, we'd have bossed it today. But then you'll have games like Leicester, uh, like we did against Brighton and I mean Brentford and Chelsea, where we'll play better with their team. It's just that's football, it's horses for courses and things like that. And like I said, the truth is somewhere in the middle. The only thing is, it's I think the worst that could have happened was you know, when against Leicester, you come on second half and we lost. It was like it was easy to point the finger at that and go, that's why we lost. When, in matter of fact, you could look and go, there's a variety of reasons. There was Leicester bought on a third man in midfield, there wasn't as open in the second half. Little things like that, you know. So I think it's the truth is somewhere in the middle. Yeah, well said. Yeah, very much agree. Um, I think you can. It's easy to become a prisoner for a moment um, with a lot of us about Nevis and they say, 
oh well we won two games and he didn't play and his replacement played really well and you know oh he's going in the summer whatever and just enjoy it but I guess that exactly. brings us nicely onto the penalty because I've watched it back enough times now God, if that's anywhere it's a football cliche right but anywhere else on the pitch that's a red card yeah 100%. The massive irony Definitely. of this is we've been screaming for a penalty for ages. And <laughs> yeah. ironically, they've still managed to give us a penalty and get the decision wrong, which is just surreal. It's a, it's a red card absolutely all day. There's one still, like just before that, where he's literally flying at him off the floor yeah. and he's about three foot in the air. Yeah. The only thing is, is it double jeopardy? Is that why they're not give the give the red card? Violent conduct's different, isn't it? It's not that is isn't it? it. I don't know. That's uh, for me. That's not a red for denying a goal scoring opportunity. That's a red for violent. No, it's a red for like, yeah. Is it violent? I got it. When it first happened, because I was sitting in the South Bank, I was like, oh, no, I think that's a penalty. Like I couldn't because I'm the other side. It was like as he touched. I think he's got the ball there first, and then I looked back. I was like, oh, he's yeah. nearly broke his ankle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's like you can. It's one of, for me. It's like you can tell what Sam Johnson's trying to do, but because he's not an actual outfield player, he's not actually used to, used to doing a slide tackle. So when he actually does it, it, no. it, course, it, it that's a problem. I've never done it before. <laughs> yeah, just throw yourself at it and hope for the best. Um, saying yeah, Neto, Neto was bloody lucky. He wasn't more injured and. I know when when you see like all the palace players like really complaining about it. <laughs> I was like, what? Like, at what point? And it, I guess it's in a way got similarities to the Nick Pope penalty we didn't get against Newcastle in terms of like just a you know a bad goalkeeping touch. And as I say, like if if that was let's say Craig Dawson on the halfway line when he does a bad touch. And it was given red. I think you, you've, you've just got to accept it, haven't you, for a degree, in a way. But uh, it wasn't, and I, I don't think it's going to have like a massive, uh, you know, massive display, on, you know, massive kick on on <laughs> I mean, you could. I said, I don't think he had a massive point to prove or anything because he's earned enough stock, hasn't he? But yeah. you could feel the relief from Ruben Nevis in terms of like how he celebrated and like whether that was about his own personal performance or form, whatever you want to describe it, um, or whether it was like you know seeing his Instagram or tweets today, sort of saying like, yeah, it's not not quite confirmed but it was a big step of the way there like i feel like that was like quite a big goal for the club to score to kind of goal. yeah it feels very appropriate it was football. it was neves as well to score it like yeah. it feels very apt in terms of football it's quite funny these these things work like all that criticism but he's still our best player and he still stepped up at like the time of you know you could say an assist and then a goal to like effectively sell sell safety it's like just it's funny how these things work i got very much um 
Keo Derby vibes on that goal. Yeah. With the bench clearing out. It's one of those where we're you know, we're safe without being safe. Do you know what I mean? It's it, we've we've done we've achieved what yeah. we wanted to achieve without actually sort of achieving it. And I think uh, you could tell from the fans, you could tell from the management. Um Optaker gave it a bit extra, didn't he, when he was turning to the um director's box um same at the South Bank at the end of the game. I think it's one of those where it's you know it's almost all but confirmed, and it just it just had that vo- that vibe about it, that goal. You know, what? it's going to sound really bad when I say it. In my head, Ruben Nevis isn't that great a penalty taker. I know it's because I can remember him missing some penalties. Jeez, but yeah, but apparently he's got eight and eight in the Premier League football. It's not nine and nine, I think. Nine and nine is it now? I, I think I think it is. Um, yeah, I think there's only two players better than him. I think. Um, yeah, and Berbatov apparently has got similar levels as well. And I don't, like, I'm, I'm not complaining, but uh, you know, he's apparently really good on, really good on. I guess because he went through that, we had a period where him and him and they seemed to rotate them. I think it's because they're not very convincing either. Like you watch them, it's like they're just creeping <laughs> in the corner and things like that. They're mm. not very convincing to score. He hits it with a weird part of his foot, though, doesn't he? Um, he always tries to do that little topspin movement, but it looks odd over that shorter distance. And I say it, it doesn't always look convincing, apart from his one yesterday, which I thought he actually put like a lot of power behind it, right in the corner. Yeah, say got a proper winning penalty. There's like there's no messing, like there's no like you know I just trying to scuff it in the corner. He, that was good. Make sure it's in the back of the net. Um, so yeah. But no, life's good. I think you could sense the relief around the club as well. And, you know, we, we've had a few comments on YouTube. Um, big thanks to everyone who's tuned in saying, uh, you know, we're not safe yet. Get real. We're still in a relegation battle. And I guess, yes, we are to a degree. I'd argue with five games left with being what at the moment is eight points clear. It would take something for the amount of teams to overtake us, in my opinion. Yeah, I've read something. I think, uh, well, plus our goal difference, doesn't it? We've got our goal difference almost counts for for another point, um, yeah. particularly against uh, up against uh, Forest and and Leeds. Um, Forest everyone. everyone. Yeah, nice. Gibbs White yeah. scored a penalty as well. And like Chelsea lost again. Tell you what, two points behind them. Imagine saying that at Christmas. Crazy. Could if we win on Saturday, we'd jump ahead of him. What? <laughs> That's that that is bonkers. That is crazy. <laughs> Also about last night, he did. I thought he mimics quite a bit about the the, um, the game where we played them away when we were the better team first half, and then yeah. the onslaught came from them in the in the second half, and we would have one hundred percent lost that game pre Christmas. Yeah, last night we'd have just buckled one hundred percent. So I think that just shows you that. Yeah, although we didn't play great yesterday, I think it just shows you the strides that have been made and. Uh, under Yulin and and um, yeah. how he's just got us hard to beat, you know. It, it's it was that three home clean sheets on the bounce. Mm. Um, you know, we I don't, I don't know if we've done that yet. You know, in the Premier League maybe, but um, yeah, yeah. I mean, what a job! 
and it's been it's been it's been overlooked i think you know which is always the classic that we always see because it's not affecting the top of the table or because we're not in london no one seems to take note of any any achievements that that, that, that that come our way but i mean you know he's done he's done wonders we scored eight goals before he was took over eight <laughs> goals in 16 games it's just ridiculous it's, that's shocking that, that is, that is uh, crazy I'll, like you can't believe that's the same season like early from that Huang, you can't believe that you know when he scored against when he gave newcastle the goal yeah, you can't believe that's the same yeah. season. No, like, no, no. It, it, it feels, feels like, like a lifetime ago. Yeah, so much has happened since then. Like, I mean, obviously you've had the World Cup and everything as well, but as it got, you know, that's the same year, same season. That impacted me on now, but yeah, of course we did, and hey, you're completely right. Was. Like, I, I'm not suggesting that Lopetegui should be manager of the season or whatever, because th- there are other managers who have arguably had bigger achievements but the fact that it's so easy to forget where Wolves were when he took over and and yeah. where we are now um i believe baggies are now losing 2-0 by the way so yeah i, I say it it's looking good going into the weekend um of, you know, it's it, it is game week thirty four, but there's lots of other fixtures going on at this point as well. Um, so we've got Brighton away, Forest are playing away as well. West Ham, um, Palace are playing each other at the Saturday kickoff. You've got Leicester, Everton. That'll be a really interesting one on Monday night. Um, and you've also got Bournemouth, Leeds as well. So there's a few games that are still in the last third of the table, which is going to impact our our position. Um, the league table I've got on here is already out of date because Forest have, uh, have now won, so they get to jump around about a bit. So it, it, it's all healed up for a bit. But all we can really do is concentrate on the Brighton game. And yeah, yeah. I'm strangely optimistic. Not even strangely, I just am optimistic now. It's so toxic because, you know, <laughs> oh, Brighton are really good. I'm like, I don't care. You've got Craig Dawson. Why, why would I be scared of anything? What am I threatened about? <laughs> yeah. Don't fall into that trap, though, being optimistic against Brighton. It's classic. I know. Thing, we, isn't it? we are legitimately win. awful against Brighton. Um, and, and Brighton are legitimately a very good team. Um of course, when we played him early in the season, I forgot that it ended 3 2, despite the fact that Smedo got sent off. Oh, yeah. We it got was, hammered that game. game. It, it, was, it wasn't, it wasn't yeah. a 3 2 game. No, exactly. I, in my, genuinely, in my head, I thought we lost 4 1. Because yeah. yeah. we were just, they, they were so good. And I remember it was like after like 10 minutes going, we should already be losing 2 0 here. And they just absolutely peppered us um so i think it's the first time to... i noticed matoma i was like who the hell is this guy he absolutely this guy, yeah. Tore... yeah like I, I i i wouldn't say i hadn't heard of him but i didn't know he was mm. the player he was, he, like, was he was unreal hey, what is this guy doing to some like, that was on some <laughs> yeah, as well yeah. people like, <laughs> yeah, he was yeah. like just tore him apart it, it, it that, was that was the day he was announced as well i think 
because I think we spoke yeah, to Guillaume on the, on the same the same day. Mm. So I think I spoke to him in the, yeah um, just before we, well, I started walking towards the ground. So um, that optimism <laughs> soon changed. I was going to say that that, that that would have been a um, sobering two hours. Um, yeah. You can't go from that to that. Um, I mean, Brighton are doing fantastic this season. Like, that don't don't get me wrong. But do you think Wolves have got an outside chance, or do you think because we are nearly there, it's a and I hate the term, but a free hit? It's it's that's a, that result. Yeah, that result surprised me tonight. I actually thought yeah. they'd be all right. I, I thought they'd be all right tonight, and I thought we might be able to catch him because I usually feel that it's not the game after so they've had 120 minutes I, I usually find it's not the game after it's the game after that is mm. where it actually catches up so they'll have had three games in six days one of which has gone 120 minutes yes. um but that's that's a big defeat for them tonight because that that they have four games in hand on on some teams i think yeah they were really really fifth that's that that's a real kick in the teeth that is and i know they've got a couple of injuries um but i think to yeah, it's still going to be a very tough game. They're a brilliant side, Brighton. Whenever I watch them, they look really, really good. Um, so we've got to be our best to probably get anything, realistically, I think. Yeah, I think, it, I think it's going to be really... It is going to be a tough game for us, don't get me wrong. But I can't think for the areas which were so poor on last time out and the fact that we are just a bit more solid defensively. Really, just stand us in, just just stand us in that bit better stead to hold our nerve against a team like that because they are so swashbuckling and they are kind of so kind of pressing in what they do. In my opinion, you kind of just need to be able to hold your nerve and and not necessarily, you know, oh, get everyone behind the ball and just beat them on the counter attack, but you just need to be like extra bit disciplined so when they do try and stretch you and try and look to overload areas of the pitch that you can have that focus and sense of what you're doing to be able to you know what know what to do and obviously you know we definitely didn't have that in the first game we played against them that's that's going to be a big thing for me um and i guess i'm trying to work out what we do around sort of team lineup as well because you know, he doesn't want to change your winning lineup. You've got, you know, we've got the best problem a manager can have in terms of players who aren't, who aren't even starting on form. You know, say Jao Gomez is a perfect example. You know, you could bring him in for Neves or Nunes or whatever, and it not feel like anyone's getting dropped or anything because you want him to almost rotate them and you know that forward line. It's at the moment it seems to be Costa Kuna. And somebody else. Mm. I can't believe Costa got through 90, 90 minutes. I can't, I can't believe he got In through one 90 way, minutes. Yes, it, it, it um, so, is he going to play? I just, he would never have done that back in October. Like, no, no, no. It, no you know, he'd have done forty-five minutes like across three games, sort of thing. He would never have done that. Um, I don't think he's done more than sort of 60, 70 minutes yet for us, and like to do it off the back of a, a game. You know, in the, you know, in a, in a midweek game when you've had a game at the weekend is impressive. And to be fair, he's still the only time he you could tell he just blew his beans on that one when he had that well, wasn't quite a one on one, was it? But yeah. he did really well, and then he absolutely then he just fell yeah. to the floor with exhaustion. I think it was like it was like a horse. 
yeah. took a horse and just lost everything and just had to keel over. Uh, it's like his, his legs, his, it's like the mind is willing, but the body just wasn't at that point for him, was it? Um, but also, if he, if he doesn't play, we won't win. Yeah. Because we, we are, when we look at the team sheet now, I just go straight to the bottom because if, if it's, if it's a not, it's not a number nine, then there's just no point. Yeah, it's, we 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 always play shite without a, a recognised number nine. So um, it needs to be Costa no. and Keane. I think. Otherwise well, I think Mark, well, it, it it seems to be. Um, I, I guess for rumour mill, we won't kind of go into sort of tweets and whatever. But you know, Jimenez is just someone who seems just to be nowhere near his team at the moment anymore. Yeah, something's gone on, hasn't it? Yeah, but very, very, you know, you never want to read between the lines, but it's very clear that we've had a, you know, that something has gone on uh, behind the scenes. Um, yeah, it's it's very Guedes-esque, isn't it? I think he's just, um, you're all in or you're not. I, I think it really, really wound him up about, about um, with the World Cup and stuff. I mean, for a new manager to come in and then sort of have a go at a player who he hasn't even taken for his, you know, a session or anything like that. I remember his first interview and he said that, you know, he shouldn't be going, he should be with us. Because um, it was, it was, it, there was a game before that when he, when he, there's rumours that he, he could have been picked, but he chose not to be picked so he could concentrate on the World Cup and things. And that's not, yeah, was it the League Cup? Yeah, possibly. Yeah, I, I can't, I can't, yeah, I can't yeah. remember exactly, but it, it rings a bell. Um, but it's a shame, really, because it, you know, yes, he's not the player he was. It's just a shame for it to end like this. If it's going to end like this and he's not going to play for us again, it's a, it is a, it is a shame. Um, I don't think Lopetegui's the type of guy who give someone a sentimental five or ten minutes either. I think um, so. I mean, my hope would be that you know maybe he does get like a little cameo against Everton if you know provided everything. It's not there's nothing on the game for us. Yeah, um, but he doesn't seem. I don't think he seems that tight, to be honest. Which I, which I like, and I'm happy with. Yeah. Um, that, that he's like that as a manager. It's just a shame that it has, if it does have to end like this for for him and as because he's he's a fantastic player for us for for so many years, and um, it's almost not his fault that he's not the player he was really. So you know, okay, his attitude since then's been been poor, and again, there might be reasons behind that based around the injury. I'm not I'm not sure. You know, I'm not not a doctor, not a psychologist. I don't I don't know, but. Um, yeah, he's he's obviously a shadow of his former self, but it, it is a shame he has to if if that's the last we see of him. Yeah, I think it's it's never nice to see a player who is so beloved to kind of go out being the villain. And yeah. like you know, you could just he sort of dedicates sort of so much energy to these players, and of course with him and as you know, he had a whole sort of, you know community rally around him and. I don't think any Wolves fan really begrudges him for not being at the same level he was pre-injury, because it is just so like understandable that he, you know, I can cope if he can't do some of the sides of the game for for one reason or another. I can cope with that. I can't quite justify some of the attitudes, and you know. Particularly when it's sort of self-preservation to play in a World Cup, where he he wasn't, you know, either you're fit or you're not fit. Yeah. But you know, 
That well, it was ridiculous at that World Cup. It was the yeah. equivalent of like wheeling out like bully now. Yeah, you know, it just it's yeah. just not. It wasn't. It was pointless. It was just a body. That's all he was. He, he, he was. He, we 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 only saw bit. We've only seen bits and pieces of of him since then. Like you know, playing quite well. I think Fulham rings a bell and um, um, Spurs when he came on at home. Um, you know, and that's the time that he's only looked capable of. Of, of playing at a reasonable level, so to to, to play in that that World Cup was a bit, was a, was a bit of a joke, really. I, again, but you can sort of almost half understand it, can't you? Because it's his last; he's never going to play in another one, and it's you know every player's dream to do it. But yeah, it didn't quite sit right. No, exactly, and I think the fact that it didn't help that Wolves were playing so badly, and yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I don't think you know sixty percent fit Jimenez would have made any difference of how we started the season but it's kind of not the point if you've you know if you've got a football club it's like oh well we're, we're not playing well you've got one guy who's going I can't play because you know I need to rest up for you know our friendly against Peru next week it, it it's a bit hard to swallow as fans so you know it's like it's it's not necessarily how you want things to end as a player uh, as a fan but Hopefully, he still gets that bit of a moment against Everton or someone like that because he deserves it. And like, you know, it, it, I guess how he's acted and whatever, and you know the, you know the mental shift in his game, he still wants he still wants a, a, a proper send off from the club because you could argue that certain players who have had a positive impact in the last five six seasons haven't had that opportunity in the same way. Yeah, completely agree. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dave Edwards swings to mind. He just sort of left the knee. Hmm. Um, again, completely understandable. You know, it was good. It was good for everyone. But um, yeah, yeah. Oh, I think he, he 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 deserves it purely based on everything sort of pre-injury. You know, on on that alone, almost regardless of what's yeah what what's happened after. And and and, and let's be fair, it's it's not him that's come out and. Said all this stuff. Either, no, I was gonna say we, there's a lot of reading between the lines of tweets from wives, and yeah. you know, you can't, I mean, it's you guilty, can't... guilty by association almost. But it, it, it's, not, exactly. it's not like he's come out and said all this shit. So you know, I no, you've got and you know, you, you put two and two together with the fact he's not in like the start, you know, starting lineup or squads and whatever, and you say, and also you we love the drama because it, <laughs> yeah, it is yeah. like, it, it, it's very soap opery as well, but. We'll see how it plays out. Um, but we're going to wrap it up there today, folks. Big thank you uh, for joining us uh, this evening. If you've been watching live on YouTube, um, if you're watching back on YouTube or you're watching it right, ready now, uh, do make sure that you like, share and subscribe. We are now up to 2,000 followers. We're really keen to keep seeing that grow with even more original content. So, Please make sure you give us all the love possible on there. Um, if you want to follow us on other social media f- platforms, it's at Fancast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, make sure you check out our link for the charity football match as well. We will be back after the Brighton match um, on the Sunday evening. Um, but until then, it's goodbye from Tom. See you guys. And it's goodbye for me. See you next time.